You're listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for joining us. This week, I'd like to share with you my conversation with Parisian techno expert, Bambanu. I like to see myself as a, as a scientist, you know, I just uh, get some information and I merely touch them and reproduce them into the music, you know, with frequencies and everything. I, I just I just like the idea of being very curious and I like the idea of, of knowing that you can learn um, every day. Having arrived on the scene in 2010, a string of releases on 50 weapons, Clek Clek Boom and AD93 have led Bampanu to start his own label and multimedia platform, Bamba. He says it will be a home for passionate minds roaming freely in a world of eclectic backgrounds driven through the ever-expanding horizons of creation and technology by any artistic means possible. As you're about to hear, we dive deeper into the intentions of the label, spoke about fatherhood and about his affinity to Bristol's music scene. There is also a video version of our chat available on RA's YouTube channel. I hope that you have a wonderful listen to Bambanu on RA's Exchange. so happy to be speaking to Bambanu today. How are you? Hello, I'm good. And you? I'm good. Um, so the past few years since I last interviewed you, how have they been? Yeah, the past few years been quite hectic, actually. A lot of stuff happened. Everything changed pretty much. So, yeah. Lots of change for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and are you still in Paris? Yes, I'm still based in Paris. Yeah. And I don't plan on moving. Are you guys able to use studios at the moment or is it strictly all at home for now? That's that's the stuff. When the first um, pandemic started, like we moved to the south of France for a little bit. And then uh, we decided, I mean, we, we knew it wasn't going to be working for, I, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to be working for a long time. So we just cut everything. We just cut all expenses. So I had to give back my studio. I have to give back my flats. Like everything who was like, where I was just like spending money or too much money, I would just like cut everything. So I don't have a studio right now and I still don't. So I have to work at home. Mm. And how have you found adjusting to working at home? Well, it's actually quite interesting because before I had like, because a studio is quite a luxury actually, you know, you have like a whole room and you can go and work, you know, so it's it's pretty much amazing for um, a creative point of view. but. Um, I had to adapt myself as in I had to I didn't have the luxury to go to go to a studio and be like oh I'm going to plug this machine then I'm going to do this then I'm going to try that now I have a little bit of time and when I decide to do something I have to do it you know there's like no options so it, it's some kind of false creativity which is good actually so so I, I can enjoy it and that's that's the new stuff i don't really i don't have an office or anything like that so sometimes i work from home sometimes i go to a friend sometimes i go to my girlfriend's office where i, I can just like find a little bit of of um, place for 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 me and yeah i just get things done that's my new new motto <laughs> that's a good motto <laughs> yeah <laughs> so on this podcast, I kind of often will do a deep dive into an artist's career and life so far, but 
you did make an origins film with RA yes. a few years ago that kind of described yeah. your start in music and it was exploring identity and your heritage a little bit. It's such a beautiful film, by the way. Everyone should make sure that they've seen that um, <laughs> after they've listened to our chat, of course. Um, <laughs> but today I was thinking as we speak, we could kind of build from there um, and focus on like what's been happening for you since 2015, I think that one was. Um, mm -hmm. So where yes. we left you at the end of that film you were you were touring globally um and because everyone's missing yeah. shows right now maybe we could talk a bit about some of the kind of really significant shows that you've played um over the past few years mm -hmm. if there's any that you can think of that have like really stayed with you or changed you or shaped your approach to djing mm -hmm. so um from 2015 I was still, um, yeah, just before the pandemic, I was just still um, touring a lot. Wait, I'm just going to help my cats get out of the of my room. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just get interrupted. <laughs> it was, it's like all kids or cats, you know, you don't know. But yeah, since 2015, I was just touring every weekend, like, touring a lot um i was going to um asia once or twice a year uh, the us as well and pretty much everywhere in europe i was booked fully booked all the time always um the the documentary really helped definitely my career you know um getting me into another and it's on on whole other level but um, I have to admit, I, I didn't watch it again. I watched it like at the <laughs> premiere and I didn't watch it again because it makes me incredibly, um, <laughs> how do you say? Um, cringe maybe? It, yes, that's, that's, that's the feeling. It's, it's, a, it's a good cringe, but it's a little bit too cringe, you know, like just watching myself, like mm. getting, opening myself so much. I just, mm. I just, I know it's there. I know it's, it's something good, but I just, I prefer just to lay, like lay it where it, where it, where it is. <laughs> um but since then yeah i had like a lot loads of amazing experiences um the one dj set i can really think of right now that really stayed with me was uh when i played for terraforma which is um, a festival in italy uh in milan it was a really really good set because uh the audience was very very receptive and you could go and play pretty much what you wanted to do to play so if you there's a recording of the of the of the sets on SoundCloud, but I like that they cut the last part. Like there, there was like half an hour when I played only dancehall, and I usually don't do that, and especially mm. not in the techno festival. <laughs> but yeah, people were really enjoying it, and and I remember it as being one of the best moments I had. Amazing before the whole crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's kind of weird to like think back and remember like what you were kind of trying to communicate in dj sets when we could dj mm -hmm. um but do you have an idea of yeah. what you kind of aim to like give or show people during a dj set um you mean right now or before because <laughs> has it changed <laughs> yes you know what yes um it, it it really really changed because i'm not touring anymore so i have all of my weekends i sleep quite good when i can sleep um i have two kids now um the the youngest one is six months old 
So I have time to spend, like, I, I just spend the whole weekends with my family and I love it. And it made me realize that maybe I was traveling too much. Maybe I was mm. maybe playing too much or maybe not enough. I don't know. So it really did. I think it really did change my approach to music and to DJing in general. Um, it's, it's on a very, very selfish point of view. Um, it was good for me because I could just stay home with my family. Um, that's something that would never been, um, could have never been, could have never happened. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and I really don't know where my DJ sets are going to go from now. <laughs> like really, I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you used to sort of feed off the energy of playing shows and like watching DJs and did you used to sort of translate that into your music? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's such a, um, um, a thriving scene. There's like look, so many acts, so many stuff going on, so many interesting, interesting music, interesting people, interesting energies. And I would like definitely absorb everything, you know, and even from the, from the crowd, from, from other DJs. So that's what's actually makes you um, stay up all night, you know, just go there play some music you really like to other people so they can dance to it and you can all communicate and it's all great you know so that's it's an amazing idea it's the, the, the it's it's just great you know so but at first I missed it a lot you know like I was I was feeling like something yeah something was missing you know but right now I'm like hey you know life I mean life is good anyway so mm. I don't know I really don't know I'm a little bit a little bit lost all of it actually i don't know what's mm. gonna happen when gigs are gonna come come back to normal if they do yeah we'll see um have you been able to find other ways within music to like nurture that need for sort of communicating with a crowd and a community not really not at all actually uh, that's that's one of the um, bad side is that i cut a lot of my um, social interaction with people it's really really strange you know because um um, yeah, you just can't really get out. You just can't really meet with other people. So I, I, I have to be honest, then I only use like 400 words of vocabulary because I've been talking to toddlers. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I, I kind of miss being around a lot of people and, and everyone, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so in terms of production and creating music, how would you describe your main focuses over this past year? And have you had to make sort of innovations and updates to the way that you make music in your different surroundings? Mm -hmm. So um, as I told you, I had to um, leave my studio. Um, then I had to adapt myself. And whenever I had a couple of hours to work, I would just like turn on Logic and just try all of the ideas I had. And I had to get a result. So I had to maintain some kind of stability into my workflow and into my mm -hmm. production. Um, that would be the only only stuff that would still be left for me, you know? So um, in regards to creativity and everything, it was a really, really good year. And the interesting stuff is that I think just like many other techno producer, producers, um, I try to expand everything that I was doing. So I wouldn't do, do only club music. I've always tried to not do only club music because I think it's, uh, I don't want to close myself too much to only one genre. 
deeper. Eventually, I started like doing pop music and doing loads of stuff with the actual chords and everything, or trap, or classical music and everything like that. So it definitely made me expand my my horizons on on productions. And it really came from an envy. It wasn't coming from a, a frustration of like not having time or being too tired or whatever. It just came from an, from a positive place. Mm. So I'm, I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Have you shared <laughs> anything from these sort of other genres that you've been dabbing? Not really, not, not yet, not yet. I've, 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 I've played it to a couple of friends and they all really like it. I, eventually, I think, I think when, like most um, techno producers where when they saw that they weren't going to be able to, to tour and uh they i think all of all of them and included started thinking oh we're going to produce pop so we can we okay. can get streams and stuff like that you know mm -hmm. so eventually i try to get it um I, 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 like eventually i would like to like produce some pop artist or whatever or i just don't like the idea of closing myself because i'm doing a genre that is supposed to be on underground or independent mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it sounds like um, you have a bit more of an interest in like behind the scenes, you know, being the producer in a sense of working like with a, a vocalist more. Is that is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. I just I just I just don't like the idea of closing myself um, because of music. Mm. Mm. I don't know if this is a thing, but when I was, I rewatched the Origins film because I knew I was going to speak to you today. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I liked the way that you were kind of using research as a starting point for music and um, for that EP that you're working on at the time. And you mm -hmm. were in that film, you were researching into your family heritage and Mali and where you come from and everything um, and learning about the local music and sort of drawing parallels with the techno scene that you'd already immersed yourself in. Are you mm -hmm. still working around those connections and using research as a tool when you make music? Yeah, and I, I like to see myself as a, as a scientist, you know, I just, uh, I, I just get some information and I merely touch them and reproduce them into the music, you know, with frequencies and everything. Obviously, I like to romanticize it and feel like that, but <laughs> actually, I'm just sitting on my laptop trying out lots of stuff. But I'm 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 still doing lots of research on everything, you know. That I I just I just like the idea of being very curious, and I like the idea of of knowing that you can learn um, every day, you know. So I think it's really important for all of us to just try and absorb as many information as you can, some important, some are not, but that's what makes, and how to how to translate them, you know. And that's my medium, you know, I, I know how to do music because I, I started when I was very young. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to do anything else. So that's pretty much the only way for me to, to, to filter everything that's going on. Mm. And are there anything that you've been sort of looking into and learning about that has been inspiring your recent music? Um, yeah wait um coding for example oh, okay. i just i just um yeah but i mean you know that that's the kind of stuff when you think it's like quite complicated and then you get into like oh it's it's actually learning another language it's mm. you have to practice it's a little bit it's a little bit annoying at first you're going to do mistakes but eventually you, you can get your way around and reading a lot more or less okay. yeah that's that's pretty much it <laughs> 
Well, speaking of trying new things, you have a brand new record label, um, which I want to hear all about yes. it. So why did you want to start a label? What are the intentions of the label? Okay. Um, I think I wanted to start the label because um, I came to a point in my career when I was um, old enough to know what I want and what I like. Uh, not necessarily in terms of music, but more inside of, in terms of um, how things sound, you know, just like percussions, kicks and stuff like that. I have, I've, I've made my taste over the year because of traveling, because of, of listening to a lot of music. And I wanted to channel all of this into one way of, of, um, of just giving it, giving, giving it away to people which was the label. Um, and obviously when you're a techno producer, I guess you have to have a label like everyone has one. So <laughs> why not me? But I guess before um, I couldn't do it because I didn't, I, I lacked the confidence, you know, because I think I was just traveling too much. I was tired all the time. I didn't have much, um, much space in my mind for such, uh, um, such a such an adventure you know and so the label is called bambe um we've got an amazing team i'm working with several people who are really really lovely and i didn't know they were going to invest themselves themselves this much in into the label um um the, the main idea i think it's i think it's probably a little bit cliche but the main idea is to put out good music and to have an interesting platform for a multidisciplinary art space. <laughs> but really, uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to do loads of different kind of stuff, not only music. I just see, see it as a platform, you know, of, of expression in general. Mm. So let's talk about the first release. Um, you have mm -hmm. opened up the label with a EP from you. Um, yes. How would you like your listener to take in or digest this record was there like a setting that you had in mind when you were creating it i think it's an it's an interesting question to ask me how i would like the listener to be listening to it it's it's I, you know what I'm, for example that's the that's the kind of stuff that i'm going to think about when i'm going to produce music because there's the whole paradox of it you don't really think of who is going to listen and how are they going to listen and everything but you need them for the music to exist so i'd say um take some headphones lie down turn the light on because you don't want to be in the dark um close your eyes so you can still see some colors and listen to all of it <laughs> okay that's everyone's it's, mission that's, that's just, yes <laughs> <laughs> why do they not want to be in the dark i don't know why do you want to be in the dark <laughs> let's, you know what let's let's say um let's turn all the lights on and eventually when we can all come back go back to clubs we turn the light off you know okay yeah <laughs> so what did you use to make these tracks on this ep i use what i usually use all the time is the dsi tempests which is a um, six vo six voice synthesizer and and sequencer by dave smith and roger lynn it's my go-to um, machine. I really love, love it because it's so limited and in some kind of way infinite. 
So I, I just use it all the time. And a DP4, which is a multi-effect, which has like, I don't know, reverb, phaser, delay, compressor. Um, and it sounds a little bit metallic. So I really like this kind of um, sound design when it's a little bit, yeah, FM-ish percussions uh, with a very, very cold reverb, very, very short. That's that's the, the kind of, of sounds I'm really looking forward for, sorry, um, mm. these days. Mm -hmm. And what would you say is the thing that like unites these tracks into an EP? Like, is there a thread that draws them together for this particular project? Um, I think I think they definitely all have this same kind of mood. First of all, I think I use the same reverb in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a technical point of view, it's it's <laughs> it's the same preset pretty much. Uh, but then. I think I, I don't know what to reply. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like they're, they're all fitting together and they all sound good all together. But mm. why? I don't know. It's a little bit too mystical for me. Mm. What is your process of like selection or elimination for making, like picking out your EP tracks? Like how do you know which ones are going to make the final cut? Um, so I think, I think, you know, like from, from the beginning, you know, when you start working on a track and for example, if your version, if you're working on version 200, you know, that this EP is not, this, this track is not going to be on the EP because it's, <laughs> you've put already too much effort and energy in it, you okay. know, at, at this as well, just not erase the project, but just like leave it, leave it somewhere and wait three years and then just discover it back and be like, oh, wow. This has so many good ideas I'm going to use it for something else. That's the stuff, you know, I usually work like that. I have some ideas, I have some projects. Sometimes I just leave them for like, yeah, two, three, four years. Then I come, eventually come back to it and I'm I'm just picking up, um, yeah, picking up some ideas and putting them back into what I'm working on right now. Um, I, I, see, I, see, I see it as a whole, you know, and not, I'm not only focusing myself on doing one EP or one album or one i did just see I just see the whole project i know that um five years from now i would be able to use some of the stuff i've done before so it can complete what i've been doing if this makes sense it's some kind of like tenet loop wormhole kind of music <laughs> stuff I, I i like to think about that anyway when i when i do something you know obviously there's like lots of technical um not issues, but technical um, uh, hints you can do, like use the same reverb, uh, use this, use the same kind of compression, et cetera, et cetera. Use the same same elements and stuff to do you to, to have an EP who would be coherent, but uh, yeah. Mm. And in terms of like expanding the label and growing a kind of family around it who are kind of all on the same page sonically what are you looking for in artists who you are going to bring into the family i'm i'm already on the on the on the signing parts of like artists and finding artists and everything um obviously they need to be good persons <laughs> i think it's really important for for us since um since we have a, a, a platform all of us all of us in music i mean you know 
since we have a platform where we can represent what we would ideally like the society to be. So um, I'm looking to do a label that would have, uh, how do you say that? And uh, I, I forgot the, the name in English, sorry, I'm a little bit tired. Uh, Label Egalitaire, which means... Um, um, fair. Fair, yeah, fair, 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 yeah. A fair label. I want to have a label for everyone. That's the stuff, you know. Um, I want everyone to be able to to speak out what they want and to express themselves how they want. Um, that's really what I'm aiming for um, with any kind of medium necessarily. We can think of everything. That's that's the cool stuff. That's the stuff I realized not so long ago that you can, it's a little bit, sorry, like, I was gonna say American-ish, like, oh, if if you think enough, if you if you, if you dream enough, you can make everything come true or whatever. But but I, I don't know. I'm this kind of mood. Maybe I'm a little bit of a lunatic these days, and I think I think you can do anything you want. But I like the idea of doing anything you want. And I'm sorry I didn't reply to your question. <laughs> no, um, I think that does give me an idea of who you're going to be bringing into the family for the new label. Um, but can we talk about the first? artists that are coming up after your EP? The second EP is going to be Bruce and me. Uh, Bruce is an amazing artist from England. He's currently based in Bristol and we did a collaboration on an EP um, which is going to be released quite soon actually. It's going to be very, it's really really good. It's one of my favorite pieces of music we did because he is extremely talented and um, incredibly um, meticulous and everything so it all sounds really good you have to 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 listen to all the details mm. um and then the third release is going to be ggfm she's an artist from france actually from paris i believe she moved to the us to do dancing then she moved to london and now she lives in berlin and she is as well incredibly talented and doing really really good murmured uh, astrological like techno music which is very very interesting i think she's going to be one of the big artists of of the of the new era the new mm. club era mm, how exciting and how involved are you um because obviously you collaborated with Bruce on the next release but in terms of with GGFM's record are you sort of A&Ring it are you having a say that's that's the stuff i'm still trying to to draw the line where i can interact with artists in regards to what they're doing you know um so for example i'm going to send them some music i like i'm going to send them what we did on, on bambay like my ep the ep with bruce the ep with tgd like we like this but if you like to, to to offer something else, you're more than welcome. You know, there's there's no limit to what you you can you can send send to me. Um, but obviously, it, it it that's the that's a complicated part. I have to like it, you know. And I don't really like a lot of music these days. I like listening to music, but it's completely different to liking music. You know, like mm -hmm. saving it, buying vinyl, and everything like that. So. Um, but I just like I told you, I still need to draw the line. Like, where do I have to say like, oh, I don't really like this element, or I think you should change your scent, or whatever, whatever. I like to give advices and everything like that, and make sure people manage to get what they want. Mm -hmm. That sounds very fair. 
Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so with your collaborative record with Bruce, is this yeah. something that you guys have been working on remotely? Well, um, he went to Paris when I had my studio. We worked a little bit on, in, um, at, the, at the studio together, um, which was really, really good and really interesting. We get on very well with, with Larry. Um, so he stayed at my place for two days. We went to the studio. Then he was supposed to come back to Paris, but it didn't happen. Or wait, he came, but I couldn't go to the studio anyway. And um, then it was just remotely, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, by mates. But it was really interesting because we, you know, sometimes it's a little bit, it's a little bit complicated to work like that with people because you don't really get feeling and you don't really get the mm. energy and the intentions of what you want to transcribe um, to to put it in to put in your music but with larry it was very very easy uh, when he would send me a version i would just like listen to it understand all of the ideas putting more put more ideas setting back etc etc so it was very very easy and very nice to be working like that mm -hmm. and he is of course based in bristol like you said um i feel like bristol is such a perfect fit for your sound like you just slot into the bristol scene so well um have you had experiences of playing there and feeling like you fit in yes actually i played for batu's uh, party where it was in an um it was in a, a former or something like that like old in in bristol i don't remember where i have a terrible memory about this kind of stuff and it was actually amazing like so many so, you know at, at, at first before playing i was a little bit scared because not scared but like maybe um yeah maybe a little bit scared because you know i, I was saying to myself oh i'm in bristol you know there's going to be lots of people like not judging you but like you know like people who get music like you should you should definitely do a good set and stuff so yeah i had to prepare myself a little bit but in the end it was it was just lovely it was really really good and um, I've, I've never thought about why actually Bristol is such a good city for 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 probably some sociological reason. I need I need to get into it. So much talent in Bristol. It's such a important city to um, for, well, if you're touring England, then it's such an important stop, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yes, so I wanted to definitely. talk a bit about how you kind of see the role of record labels in. 2021 um what do you reckon a label can offer these days as the the sort of economic landscape of music is shifting so much i feel like labels perhaps mean a different thing these days and i was just wondering what what's your take on that and what do labels mean to you um i like the idea of having a, a general consensus about an image or about a sound which pretty much is represented by a label. Mm -hmm. So for me, if you sign to a label or if you participate, collaborate with some of artists, artists from a label or whatever, it would um, just feed on the same image, you know? So in people's minds, in um, dancers and streamers and everything, you, you're part of something, you know? That's what I see with a label. And eventually this would create some growth um, with streaming 
and everything participates in, in um, gang participate, if that makes sense. Mm. So um, in this economic landscape, uh, I don't know, it's all very complicated. You really want to listen to club music very, very loud again for another year at home alone. I'm not sure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, it's, yet we thrive on it and yet, yet we have to wait for all the clubs to open. Yeah, yeah. sorry, you were saying? Yeah, it sounds like for you, the the labels, the, the important elements of the label are like being kind of on the same page in a visual identity and a sonic identity but then also just being able to build like a family and a crew of people to like take on this next stage mm -hmm. in in the music world with i think it's it's really depending of i mean i think it's i mean what i feel is like every labels are trying to do this you know get surrounded by good people who can just elevate the whole idea of, of doing music together and eventually get money with it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so you kind of touched on it earlier on, but I want to hear more about your possible ideas about the other, you know, not just music elements that this and of this creativity that the label could encompass. Um, what are you kind of thinking of? Like what other avenues of creativity could this label potentially explore? <laughs> Are you trying to get information from me, Marta? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like your honesty. <laughs> now, just just imagine that um, we are when we talk about labels, we talk about we think about music, we think about sound, but just like I, I told you, I like to think that we're not um, only closed by only what we do. So. It's not because it's just called the label. We I'm going to release only music. It can be really anything, any means of art, you know, any means of creativity. So um, I, I can't really tell you. I just, I just, I just, <laughs> just, just, all right. So imagine this music and like there's anything else, just something in this anything else. Okay, that's very broad, but. I will accept it as an answer. Okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I like to talk about projects when they're done and they're about to be released and everything because otherwise it's uh, because sorry because otherwise it's it's just uh, it's just talking and then you don't release it and stuff. So I hear it. It's also nice for our listeners to be able to go and enjoy the project straight away rather than have to wait until it comes out. Um, See? Okay, <laughs> you've convinced me. I will stop prying now. Okay. Um, but before I let you go today, I was just wondering, and I know that this will probably change as things develop, but for you right now in this moment, what would success look like for this label? Mm, I mean, it would look like something like being able to release the most important and interesting artists and being able to make new discoveries is new arts and being able to install um, a, a very strong um, a very strong sonic landscape visual landscape and um, 
inspirational landscape. Why not? Because we're talking about success um, onto the music scene that we're acting in. Beautiful. Is that too much? Pretty no, much. it's not too much. Like, <laughs> this is your aim of success. So obviously it's going to be big. And I, I am looking forward to following the label's journey and seeing how things unfold for sure. <laughs> Bambanu, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure to speak with you. And thanks very much. Thanks, Marta. Bye. Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange with Bambanu. If you want to check out the video version of this interview, you can find that on RA's YouTube channel. I'll have a new episode for you next week. Until then, our full archive is available for you to take in. And if you find something that you love, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, as it really does help get our stories to more ears.